There we go. What's up? What's up? What's up, buddy? Hey, man. It's surviving. Surviving. Yeah. How's the uh, How's the apocalypse? Hey, so, so far it's been interesting. I've I've never spent so much time with my kids. Right. So, so much family time. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm learning a lot about my own kids. I have yeah. no idea my son's favorite color is green. <laughs> oh, he just changed it today. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> How are you holding Perfect. up? Good man. Uh good. The doing these live streams been keeping uh keeping me sane for sure. Yeah. Keeping us busy. Um yeah, I wanted to have you on and talk about what you're doing with cuz uh we caught up last week and same issues, right? Like um I mean, I talked to about 24 companies last week before I talked to you and you coming in as someone who like works with multiple companies. Right? We had like a really frank and open discussion about that. And yeah. since then, I mean, you know, I've been wanting to have you on and talk more about, you know, this pandemic stuff, man. Like it's it's hitting people for real, right? Um, yeah. Entrepreneurs and innovators, especially who had plans, who had plans to grow, who had plans to hire, who had plans to um, work with, get investment money coming in in the next three months. Yeah, absolutely. all these plans have been wiped away. Yeah, hundred percent. And even with you, you, you just launched a freaking incubator meant for people of color. Right. Yeah. Uh I mean we've been together we've been talking about that struggle you came on the Bloomex podcast to talk about that as well. I mean about how 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 many issues that was to get up and started. So you as an investor you're kind of a startup as well. Yeah. Right in the incubation space working for people helping companies grow. 100%. And this is a huge disruption for everybody but I'm really interested in hearing and how you're pivoting behind this model right yeah. and what lessons you have to share and what people can learn from you. Yeah 100%. Shout out Henry. What's hey, up? What's up man? Yeah. Uh, this is a new norm, guys. No more hiding kids in the background. It's like yeah, they're, nice. they're part of the ecosystem now. The young CEO right That's, here. Absolutely. Thing. I, um, I think Mohan from uh, Good News Ventures has joined us as well. Paper Planes Group. What's up, Matt? Just go do what I tell you to do. Go. Go. Also, wait for the mail to no, come. Just, just go do it. The mail. Yeah. Mail man. The guys coming at two o'clock. So Bald is live. Yo, I don't have to get a chance to shave yet. Listen, uh, this is my this is the most I can grow. I'm not <laughs> and, and this is my crisis beard right here. <laughs> right, like, I'm gonna take this time, the opportunity to grow this out, where no one can judge me. Yeah, this, this is literally a week. That's all. That, <laughs> that's as as sexy as it gets. Bro. Uh, so anyhow, uh, talking about work, it's it's really interesting because. You know, we started this this uh incubator. We knew the the biggest challenge was to get uh people of color, new immigrants, uh the female founders we're working with in front of the mainstream. Like and and create that interaction, right? In in a boardroom, in a in a in a coffee shop, whatever it is, where they get to really learn the personality of these founders and not judge the book by its cover. Which yeah. is sort of the problem we're trying to take off we're like you perceive when you look at a female founder that you know she's not going to be a good leader until you hear them present you're like oh great this is a super smart talented down to earth human being or you look at a person who's brown or black or asian and you think you know there's a language issue or this and that and and you know sometimes uh some of the limitations that we we think we have once we get going you know we're really good at it so all of a sudden all of these in person meetings mm-hmm. went to zero and we're like damn man because virtual pitching is cool but it doesn't bring the emotion the across yeah which we needed to 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 get past the first hump of you know uh the limitations and so that's been really challenging um but on the flip side i think uh we sort of said okay if we can meet people then how do we create a a new way to sort of bring our personality across what yeah. other training can we bring what practice can we put into place because we never really practice digital pitching we always just practice in person giant tv a clicker you know laptop hooked up and we're talking right so now we're we're sort of teaching the companies that we're working with how do you come across in a camera how do you like don't put it like this when you're talking put it back there so somebody can see you that's good that's good yeah and, you know your top half is as important as like the way we normally talk hey man you know this is my <laughs> company you know so yeah. all of these things are like we never really had to 
to care about. Now we need to care about uh, and things that we didn't plan on teaching. We kind of have to figure out how to teach. Yep. So what, like what you're doing, I'm doing this like three, four times a day with our founders, where we're like, okay, let's go pitch and the camera on and let's, let's, let's figure out how to speak to the room. And it's, it's interesting because I, I go through the, yeah, Keith is right. You know, it's a paradigm shift. I, yep. I go through the same thing because like, you know, I've been an MC most of my life, rocking parties, right? 30 people, 100 people, or they see fast, 100,000 people. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But when I shifted to like a, a vlog or a podcast, I sucked. Like my energy level was so low because I can't MC by myself in a room. Yeah. And I've, I've had to learn like, how do you come across? How do you present? How do you share when there's no audience that you can see or feed from, right? Um, so that's been really interesting as a, as a shift for us. And I think this is going to be the norm. Mm -hmm. and, and as we move forward, where people are going to get used to the idea that we can get more done virtually than in person. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this is the conversations uh, that uh, I've been having that have evolved exactly like this. Last week, everyone was talking about, you know, what can we do? Like, what do we do? Yeah. Then, so, then like, by the end of the week, it was like, what can we do based off the constrictions we have right now? And now it's like, okay, what can we do more of? Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's been what it is. Like, I remember having a conversation with founders day one, right, of the, of the pandemic, right on last Monday. And Axel, on our live, uh, we talked about this, sorry, Natushin from Paper Pains Group, about like, you know, do we act like everything's normal and try to go about things? Or do we, you know, try to go into this paradigm where things are virtual and everyone's going through the same problems that they uh, we are? And... A lot of entrepreneurs are like, you know what? We got to pivot. Yeah. And shout out to everyone who comes out of like an incubator or some kind of pitch program, because you guys, like you know, people like you, Bala, and mentors, put them in the mindset of pivot ready. Yeah. You know, and shouting like it really builds a really, uh, oh man, I can't, I can't talk right now, but like it really builds like a muscle for a lot of entrepreneurs to look at things as paradigm shifts, just like Keith mentioned. And yeah. a lot of people looked at this like, okay, what can we do next based yeah. on what we can do, right? Yeah, so that's what we started these lives. And the fact that you're teaching people how to do these kind of now almost yeah, virtual experiences, I think that, again, is a new paradigm shift, right, yeah. in, in the kind of skills required uh, to communicate. So yeah, part of it is like I feel like this, this word pivot has got such a huge weight on it. It's like, hey, I've committed to going this way. and something massively bad mm. happened. Now I got to pivot. Uh, I tend to think, you know, any business that's trying to build something in the 21st century, uh, you need to be in a constant state of beta more than anything. Like, we never actually get out of beta. And we're constantly looking at tweaking and 1% improvement and shifting. And so I feel like this old school mindset of, you know, hey, we're going to have a business and at some point, oh my gosh, like we have to pivot. And it feels like a big swing. Yeah, And it's an emotional swing versus if you start from day one saying, hey, every single day there's a 1% improvement and it's, it's an always on beta. Like we never get out of beta as a mindset, period. So it's, a, it's about not getting into a comfort zone in essence. Yeah, because right? yeah. pivot means that you're, you've got a path that you're, you're, you're on and you're fixed and this is where you, you think you're going to go and the world doesn't work like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and whether it's external or internal, you know, great leaders look for that 1% improvement every single day. And for me, that is the, the purpose of, you know, leadership in a startup. You look for these 1% across the board from minute little behavior things to massive organizational cultural shifts. But great leaders tend to live in that 1%. And when you live in that 1%, you don't have the space to pivot. You have the space to be in beta. Mm. I, I really like what you're saying about that, that focusing on that 1%, because that's something that startup leaders have a lot of problems with, right, too. Because one day you can be working on, like, ground-changing, like, big moves in the company, like, big kind of decisions. And then the next day, you're working on, like, very minute details on, like, what SaaS tool to use for this to, or optimize this little process. And those shifts in responsibilities and workload kind of affects people. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it, it, we feed off the flow of life, right? Like, mm. like I was lucky enough to train Aikido for about a year. And, and they teach you everything in, in, in Aikido is about learning the flow, when to push, when to pull, knowing 
every single moment you're doing one of those two you're pushing or pulling yeah yeah and that's just the dance of life right and so when we look at a business they bring the same mindset every single day something is being pushed and something is being pulled and the sooner you get into that flow the less you resist and that's when friction creates challenges and that's what we're doing now you know covid-19 is is pushing in some situations and is pulling in some situations and instead of fighting those two i'm like where do i naturally flow and yeah where can i like you know find something in that sweet spot can you talk a little bit more about that like what are the challenges some of the people you've been talking to are facing like post covid-19 and, and going back yeah. to bit well i i can sort of share where where you know where where covid and me and push and pull is happening now right like yeah. you know when i look at what's happening in my own life you know uh, i've got two little kids and the school system is done basically for the rest of the year now we have a very interesting pushing happening the push for the education accountability is now being pushed on to the parents yep i get the fact that you know the government has released some online stuff but having looked at it they're not good they're made in the 90s nobody ever market tested them there hasn't been any sort of thought through in terms of the attention span and the evolution of like interactive education for the kids so they kind of went we have this thing let's turn it on and like here you go but it doesn't work and so i'm like okay if now we have this really interesting market where you know i did some analysis the last couple of weeks and like there's almost 5 million students across canada there's about 780,000 teachers and educators mm. and both markets are wide open and it'll be wide open for the next 6 to 8 months right yeah. when you look at the players because we've never imagined not having school as an option other than summer the other players are not set up to become the primary option right yeah. you can't afford an oxford a kumon or i can daily cuz you'll go broke so there's a very interesting innovation opportunity to connect some dots to create not just revenue for teachers and supply teachers and people that want to teach but we can now offer a different value proposition to parents and Absolutely. so that's an incredible you know reaction to a push because i can either sort of sit back and go these are the rules we got to figure it out or we look for that opportunity right um we're doing the same thing in the music industry like you know i've been doing concerts and live shows for years and years and years everything is canceled but never in my wildest imagination what i have you know imagine that like this one digital tipping idea that we had 6 months ago that we were going to park in january because we're like mm-hmm. hey, we have no idea how to get this into bars we just signed up over 100 artists in the last week yep. all using our our qr tool to make 25 30 a day but when you look at zero income to maybe $1000 a month that's a massive sustainability again there's a there's a market push we're trying to find a way to sort of coordinate so i think you know anybody that's looking at this kind of stuff uh to blindly innovate is the hardest most stressful thing to do right mm. it's like here's a whiteboard draw me something i don't know do i start with a circle do i start with a dot but if you look at your own life and you go hey what are all the things that were like going fine and now it's being pushed or pulled and i got to react Well then you start to think about innovation. And then the next level will be to go, well who's already like three steps ahead that's already solving the problem that I can just join and build momentum for. I don't need to go start everything brand new. Mm-hmm. If nobody's doing it, then I can start and then maybe attract more people to come join me, right? So yeah. there's lots of way to do it, but I think I encourage everybody to sort of just look at like what are these things that you need to fix for and then find a way to start from there yeah yeah um i mean quite a mouthful there to digest right but essentially it comes up to this what we were talking about from last week is that a huge market opportunity has opened up like a, a wave of disruption has been caused by covid-19 that's opened up a huge marketplace yeah uh, of potential one of them one of the largest being what are going to do with all these thousands of kids now at home and the parents need to take care of them while working yeah. right um and it's opened up like a wave it's forcing a wave of innovation and it's uh, funny enough i've been talking to um like like uh, mps mvps uh over the weekend trying to schedule them to come on the podcast as well but to talk more about what's going on and uh, to find out that they've opened up a portal 
the Ontario government, the Canadian government, and the municipalities are opening up portal system for asking citizens to come up with ideas, stating that these are the biggest problems we're having. Can you solve it? The Ontario government's one I like the most. Yeah. Um, first, it asks for people to give in, uh, give in um, like goods and services, provide goods and services if you need to. Then it's like, hey, these are our three main things that we're looking for, right? Helping, helping uh, uh, people with mental health illness virtually, right? Uh, second one was, uh, I think, medical technologies helping with their sorry, supply chain. How do we get supplies moving back and forth? And the third one is connecting people to the professionals who actually have knowledge. Yeah, exactly. And think about that. These are the systems that previously existed under old infrastructure that no longer can exist. Yeah. Right. And we talked about uh, uh, about schools, the school system, and our struggles with it growing up on our podcast, right, um, this year. And we talked about, you know, only the school system was like this, only the school system was like that, and it only can get better. But now, it does not exist anymore, right? So we're creating up, we're set, we have the potential right now to start a new, completely new system through the virtual format, lightweight and fl fluid that can evolve uh, to meet the needs that we need to, needed to meet. Right. Yeah, and, and so, we don't have a choice. Yeah, we don't have a choice. We have we to. Don't, we don't have a choice, and that's the the fun and scary part about this is, you know, uh, our backs are literally up against the wall in in this new world that nobody's got a blueprint for, man. And and you know, uh, if we looked at the, the the old school survival of the fittest mindset, uh, which is old and archaic, well innovative thinkers, creative thinkers, people that can take chaos and turn it into something need to step up right now. There's no bad ideas right now. Yep. It's new uncharted land. And so instead of trying to be conservative and hold our ideas and like try to NDA the shit out of everything and trying to figure it out, my hope is more people would just sort of go, hey, I see this, here's a solution. Like open source the whole friggin' thing. I love that. I love that so much. I think you really opened my, my mind with, with that last week when we talked, again, uh, referencing that. When you told me, it's like, you know, me as an investor, for the first time, I'm not looking at companies as ROIs on, on your revenue you're generating. I'm looking at what kind of impact can you do right now? Yeah. Now, how can, you, how can you affect change in an environment with a huge marketplace? And a lot of people are looking at it like this. Like, there's a lot of people reaching out and working for free online. A lot of people giving away things for free. A lot of people, and not just like a commercial enterprise, a lot of, a lot of companies and a lot of organizations out there are trying to like, you know, do business as usual and act like they're doing it for favor. Yeah. But there are people who are genuinely media, you know, coming together in meeting places and uh, providing ideas, providing insight, doing consult consultation work, anything they can do virtually to really help them around. Yeah. Right? And, we and have that's it. I, I think we need to, we need to you know, uh, encourage more people to create a blueprint for open sourcing. And... You know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that, like, people like you and me can't solve. I don't know how to find a cure. I yep. don't know how to put on a lab suit and, like, go, you know, help doctors. Like, I, I can't do a lot of things that, like, frontline people need today. Yep. But there's 90 other things that you and I can sit and talk about that's got day-to-day uh, -day impact. Transportation. Even something simple as, like, how can we set up a new network of of people with hazmat suits that can go and pick up groceries for us. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, if Uber Eats and, and all these guys are no longer relevant because we're going to shut them all down, what happens with food and delivery and innovation? So there's, there's so many day-to-day -day opportunities that everyday folks can just start with one nugget of something and then put it into the world and then somebody will layer something on, layer something on and it might take two, three, four weeks, and then we get this magical solution that, you know, you were the impetus on. And that's what we need. I think we need more people to just be, like, 1.0. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, well, people were talking about this for a while, about how a technology layer can be implemented in the world, right? A technology infrastructure. And that's essentially what needs to be done right now. Yeah. You know, a, techno a technology that can provide supply chain openly a distributor, a over a distributed network, so education over a distributed network, right? And just create these marketplaces where demand and supply can meet. Yeah. It's like just as free as it would be of going outside into, a, into like a school or into a mall and meeting people to transact people, right? 
we need virtual structures online that are that can uh, facilitate this, right at the yeah. price of free and i agree and i think you know one of the things that uh we will figure out as a, as as humans we still need human contacts i mean it took a pandemic to blow up instagram live like yeah. i've never seen so much instagram live feeds mm-hmm. live man like, mm-hmm. you know um and so i would never be doing this otherwise i would right? never be talking on my phone like this 100% so so you know redefining our assumptions on what human engagement is is really a critical question that we need to start asking across the board kareem what's up um and uh, kareem's the next guy you should talk to man dopest homie in the world super smart uh before all this coronavirus happened i hated looking at the speed because he'd be out at the gym at 5am um, jeez so i like that he, he's a guy on discipline you got to talk to but you know what i've been thinking about a lot is you know how do we look at these like human engagements that are changing yeah you know? uh we're not all going to be in bubble suits and so uh like you know this new project we've codenamed it schoolio and it's about connecting teachers and 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 parents in a new online environment one of the first questions people ask is like well if it's an on demand market how can my son or daughter establish a relationship with the same teacher every single day and i'm like well what if in the new world that's no longer possible yeah or needed right if like if the new teacher needs to be the only person that can influence my son every single day and that model's dead because they can't do that mathematically anymore imagine how awesome would it be if a bunch of amazing teachers can influence my son or daughter yeah but yeah. you have to give up the notion that one teacher will create familiarity with the same kid for many 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 days and maybe there's mathematical or scientific reason that that makes sense but our backs up against a wall where that is no longer an option then we have to be open to new ideas absolutely and i think that's what it comes back down to it's almost like we're going back right so i was talking to uh, i was listening to a podcast or talking to this is a podcast about from um Ravel sorry so one of the co-founders of Angelist i talk to him all the time i i can't get his first name right any time but <laughs> anyways um one of the things he uh it stuck in his, my mind about him is he was mentioning something about technology right is reverting us culturally because we can now connect like this openly and freely it's almost like we don't need to like we don't need to join these big infrastructure these big organizations and have these jobs right to feed off we're all become independent independent to how to seek knowledge ourselves learn for ourselves right hunt for ourselves uh, and and do work for ourselves instead of joining a company and working for them so more freelance work more entrepreneurship work as for the future of work look like and this this working from home this coronavirus stuff that just wiped the slate clean up what 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 once was and it opened our marketplace uh much more faster than we were ready for yeah and i think part of it also is like you know having built a bunch of companies i can vouch firsthand you know the best companies i've ever built had incredible cultures and to date culture has been focused on being built when we put people in a room together because we haven't figured out how to create culture remotely right you know mm. i've had uh, remote teams for the last decade like offices in india brazil colombia argentina and they've all been really good executional folks but we never got deeper than like i need something done you do it so if now the new world is hey culturally we need to look at what is the new rules uh and if you're going to have a 20 30 40 member company and we don't have the same beer fridays anymore and the lunchtime hangouts in person then how do we now move this online and i think this is where you know in my like back in the day my very first company we started was around this question of can a pixel create emotions and if a pixel can create emotion can we translate that to sales mm. and we created a 12 year agency with blue van right and right until the day we sold we still asked the same question can can a pixel create enough emotion for you to create a buying reaction whether it's online whether it's drive to store and i feel like in a in a you know crazy way we're back to asking the same questions can a digital connection create that emotional feeling that we create from being around people and if it if it cannot then how do we facilitate it what are the tools what are the functions what are the 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 technologies that we haven't invented yet and and i think it it goes back to like creating new thinking around ux 
you know, this yeah. model that we have is great because it's, you know, you're in a square and I'm in a square and, and the screen is divided. But what if it's not this user experience anymore? What if, you know, it's literally you and your full body sitting in like your couch and I'm sitting in mine and we can really see each other for our full scope and that creates a different emotion versus just our top heads. Like I yeah. think the thinking of UX is going to be really interesting going forward. I think technology and video is going to be really interesting going forward. Um, and, and the best part is no blueprint, man. Like everything new is going to be extremely interesting. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. That's really a good way of putting it. Because uh, I'm, I'm looking into like not creating a home studio because I'm doing so much of this that, you know, I want to get a stand. Like I'm holding my, this with my hand right now. Like I want to create a stand where I can stand up and look at it. And I'm looking at it and like, okay, what would the background look like? You know, instead of like a home office or like a storefront, yeah. I'm just thinking everyone's going to literally turn like a room or a section or a place um, in, uh, into a place that's going to broadcast from. They yeah, need to. So you, look, this is, uh, this is my home studio where I've got yeah. all my turntables and stuff set up now. Yeah, you got the full setup. Oh, nice. So I've, got, I've got like my old school stuff in case I need it because I got a wall full of vinyls. And we got all the new stuff set up here. Uh, like my, I've got my laptop set up. Like I think I'm literally like, hey, how can I, how can I work? But at the same time, uh, anytime I need to like just jump out and get creative, everything is right there. And the funny part is like, I would never think about doing this kind of setup at the office. Yeah. Right. Like at the yeah. office, it's a clean desk, laptop in the middle. You go to work because all this stuff is supposed to be at home. Yeah. But now I'm literally gonna hang up with you, jump on, do some mixes, play some music, go have lunch, come back, do some work, and then like everything is more fluid all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Way, man. I can't explain it. Yeah, it's more work-life integration than work-life balance. Yeah. Right? Like, everything's kind of like seamlessly like flowing together. You've kind of figured it out. Yeah. And... So I'm like, why wouldn't I like? Why didn't I set this up in my office? Like, why didn't I bring my DJ equipment? Like, because mentally I'm like, no, that's work. I got to like go there and work. And then when I come home, if I have time, I can make music. And now this whole thing has caused me to like have more of a fluid life versus these, these boxes that I put myself in without even knowing I did that. Imagine, so yeah. like, yeah, imagine like the hundreds of thousands of hours people are saving right now, not commuting. Yeah. Yeah. And you and jump out of bed, hit the shower and boom, you're at work. And, and that's it, you know? And when we looked at, like, potentially this innovation with the school program, imagine now the kids, like, their definition of recess mm. and lunch is different. Like, they get to study and they get to have lunch with parents, right? Their recess is maybe something totally different than what the schools will allow them to do. And imagine, like, little homies at six or seven can do this with their friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a really interesting time. Uh, a lot of people are super nervous and obviously... This is a very serious disease and we want to be super careful and like, you know, everybody should get through it together. Um, but we shouldn't be afraid of questioning things. Yeah. 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 And not just questioning things, but like, yeah, looking for radical change. Yeah. Right? Like looking at things like how could they potentially be? Like this is a time for where you can get like really crazy with ideas and experiment because why not? Like we can change, wipe the slate clean. Why cling on to an old model? When we got to wake up and live in the reality we're in right now. Yeah, shout out to T, Bollywood 101. Shout out to Yan. This is great. Sorry, I just like doing shout outs. Hey. Go for it, man. <laughs> I think Tanishan and uh, two Tanishans just joined us. Nice. <laughs> well. The one I but, know uh, is Bollywood dancing. He's the best in the business. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yo, start those classes, man. I want to sign up with the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You talk, yeah, I think we're talking to the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. I'm I've been trying to get him on the, on the podcast too. Yeah, um, and you should that. talk to Jan, who's on on there too. They got a cool startup called Procoli, changing yeah, yeah. ways uh, people are finding each other and etc. So, rap tickets, man, like no more Raptors. So, I guess in a good way, we're defending champs. <laughs> Yo, did you see that meme that came up? It's like you know we would win and then they would wipe out the NBA, right? Like, yeah, what to do? <laughs> Yeah, man, it's, it's un, 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 you know, I was telling uh, somebody, um, so Daisy Fest won uh, a diversity music festival award with SoCan, and they were like, you can't say shit until the award comes out publicly, right? 
And it's a big deal for us because when a mainstream organization like SOCAN recognizes South Asian music and artists, it puts us on a whole new level. So yeah. we, can, like, we can't say shit. We can't say shit. We got to hold it. And then March 31st was the, was the big announcement. And now the SOCAN awards are canceled. But nobody's responded to say if we still won. Mm. So I'm like, can I just get a confirmation that we did win so we can tell people? <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, we got a brand new office that we just signed up. People that follow me on LinkedIn know the bullshit we went through with the first office and the eviction and all this shit. Now we got a brand new office. Everything is done up and it's collecting dust, you know? So it's, it's really interesting times, man. And I say people just got to be a bit more fearless in their thinking. Be practical in your day-to-day -day actions. You got family. We got to wash our hands, protect, stay the fuck isolated. But in your brain, you could be extremely fearless. It's your thoughts. It's your dreams. It's your innovation. There's no judgment. Go crazy. Pick up some cool, cool fucking problems and just attack it. Who cares? Yeah. Speaking of that, what, uh, what projects are you seeing that are kind of cool? Um, to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm just coming out of like this dreadful binge watching COVID-19 thing I've been on for the last two weeks, man. Like I just, you know, with two kids at home and like, I just went ODing on that stuff. Yeah. Uh, usually how my brain works, like I go all in for a while and then I'm like stepping out. So I'm mm -hmm. just stepping out and paying attention. Like somebody sent me a link to a new system called Around, which is a new competitor in the, in the, in the t um, video conferencing space. Really cool. Like. They've taken this idea of a, a interface and made it into floating heads. And they've got AI that blocks out noises in, in like small group. It's really cool. I signed up for the beta. Um, you know, uh, we're talking oh, cool. about vids tomorrow on integrating our open stage into as many live music streams as possible. And that, nobody would even like listen to me three weeks ago. They'd be like, who's this stupid startup? We're not interested. Now people are like, oh shit. You know, can we talk? Could you connect this? Uh, I would love to talk more about what they're doing, man. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sort of looking at my own funnel going, okay, there's, there's going to be this much innovation. Most of it, I don't know how to connect the dots because they're not my problems. So yep. then I reversed it. I went, okay, what are my problems? We need to figure out how to go get groceries. So who's innovating stuff in food delivery and meals? Because we stocked up, but like we don't cook at home. So... Most of the time, we were like, hey, we can still Uber Eats, even if it's a shutdown. But no, no Uber Eats. And so what do we do now, right? Uh, so food and meals is really interesting. Education. So how do we solve that is the next big thing for us. Uh, so those are the two that I'm, like, really focused on personally. And then with the accelerator, one of the things we're thinking of is, like, since we can't do in-house, in-person pitches, how can we start a series of online pitches? Mm. We gotta start training people to create new muscles on pitching virtually, and and getting that storytelling when you have you know uh, no way to feel the emotion. Because like you got that poker face, man. If we've got like three or four of us on a pitch and we're stone cold and just listening, how do you right. react as a as a founder? Yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean? but you you're feeding off reactions. Absolutely, anytime you're pitching. Not just, not, just, uh, not just for your startup, but even in sales in general. Exactly. So right. I think there's a new playbook uh, that's need to be needed. And I think you should lead that because, you, you know, your background in sales and helping people grow revenue, I think is amazing. Uh, so we were brainstorming this morning. We came up with this, I don't know, good idea, bad idea. Call it the first pitch, but a full online, you know, uh, platform or anybody that's never pitched before can come in or we'll, we'll randomly select a bunch of judges, put together a Zoom meeting and wow. practice pitching. You know, you never know who you're going to pitch in front of until your pitch starts, right? Yo, let me know about that. I can, I can throw it in front of a lot of startups who are, will be yeah. super interested. And it's, right? and it's free. You know, we just want to get people sort of uh, connected. And, That's big. And, and, just, and, and, and from there, if you're like, oh, this is great. I want to pay for like one-on-one -on -one or support, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of people we can create a directory for. Um, so we're just literally like starting from the bottom up going, what are all the things that that bug us that we can't do anymore. And then let's start with those as a baseline and see who's solving it. And then slowly just sort of, you know, stay aware. But um, yeah, man, I, I think that's the only way to sort of bite-size this thing without getting overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, do, do you think that pitching is going to change though to what we're used to? 
Um, like, because one part of sales that has really changed because of the internet is more authentic, transparent, transparency, right? Uh, more about selling your selling your values rather than selling product or service, because people can now like Google you, yeah, Google your business, get your reviews, um, look at your LinkedIn, see who you who you are, who you say you are, right? It's very hard to swindle people at these at at this time, even before all this, right? Before COVID nineteen, I'm talking about, so. Sales has, has trans, transitioned from environment of taking advantage of people's um, people's uh, what's it, lack of knowledge right. to uh, being less exploitative and being more about, oh, what can I inform you about? And through my, my thought leadership, you trust me enough to convert over. Right? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And so I think now it's going to be a, a period of change where people have to become, have to become broadcasters, right? Yeah. Sales and marketing have to merge. To become more of like sales artifacts, right? So, like one of the things that I talk about in my, in my company is that I don't like as a salesperson. I don't believe like historically, salespeople don't like marketing people, or like the idea of marketing because it's like why throw money on marketers when you can just pay a sales guy a commission? We'll go out and do get you direct ROI. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But like, how do we? I think I think it's that those skills are emerging, right? That yeah, they're, they're, they're merging, but they're not right. Like for me. The marketing part has always been, you know, storytelling. You never yep. close the deal when you market. You you close the deal when you when you sell, but you but you enable a sales opportunity by telling a great story. So, I, I believe sales has turned into that too. Yeah, sales. Your what your what your pitching is not a feature or a service or a benefit. Again, you what you're pitching is a narrative. Yeah, a story. Exactly, and and storytelling is is what's always won. Um, from an emotional perspective, and I think you know this. People buy emotionally first, and then they rationalize the decision to not return it. Right? This yeah, is yeah. why buy one get one free, and and the sales work is in your brain. You're like, oh, I'm gonna get this, and then I might return it, but we're never gonna return shit. Uh, and so I think if if the two disciplines are gonna now like merge, because marketing and sales now both have to become storytellers because the platforms are the same. Um, then we're gonna see some really interesting hybrid. Just like 12 years ago when I started Blue Band, the only reason we were able to get in and and build that company was because there was a middle area between marketers and tech folks. And that was a 40-year-old industry before I got in. And then it was like, oh shit, we're not connecting. We need somebody in the middle who can just speak marketing and sales, but also be very technical. And then digital marketing sort of started happening. Yeah, and 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 I think we're in the same wave as like we have marketers and sales folks. We've got an entire process in place of storytellers and BDRs and all this stuff. But if they're now going to sort of merge or become some sort of a hybrid role, what does that person look like now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know? absolutely. And I think that's exactly what we're, we're I think we're both getting at. And um, like I'm coming from a from sales from a sales perspective as well, right? So I'm seeing. Like more of this, more of these open, transparent communications being part of the sales process. Yeah. Like tell, talking about ideas in general as like a you're selling the idea versus the product or service. Yeah. Where you're talking about things in a more long form context, have these open kind of transparent conversations as being part of your larger narrative of, of, of distributing your narrative, and that's part of your sales cycle. No. So, I agree. so I mean, when we started the podcast last year, I mean that's kind of the process. How do we help? Start at the scale, right? So we bringing people in and having these long form discussions. I felt would help companies um, sell their values in a sense. So merging marketing and sales into media, create media for yourself, which is more purposeful content rather than bland marketing statements. And yeah. I think so. Every company, I think Gary Vee said this, right? Every company needs to think about being a media company. So just like you have a sales team or or marketing before, you should have a media team, creating yeah. purposeful content for yourself, um, and that's what the podcast has become for me, and for the for Bluemax has became became a became a became through this and now virtually it became a vehicle where we can now create media, purposeful content to sell ideas, right? Ideas like what you're talking about right now, about an incubator now being virtual and run and teaching people how to virtually connect, that yeah. being necessary. Right, so yeah. how can we get more of this stuff out there? And I think it's by having these kind of purposeful, purposeful conversations. Yeah, and, and it's funny you bring that up because it's exactly what we have, like no choice now. Because like when we launched the incubator in Brazil, 
it was built around face-to-face, -face, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, education. You know, we would go down for a week and train mm -hmm. people, and then and then when they're ready, move them over to Canada. And it was all in person. It's all gone now. So we're actually now looking at a model where we can bring like a Zoom meets Angel List meets LinkedIn, and have foreign companies that can incubate with a Canadian incubator, but completely digital. And what we're doing now is what we do every single day. We have the same roadmap, you know, a 30, 60, 90 day program that gets you from zero to, you know, A, and we work on personal growth, your storytelling and your market fit, but we no longer need to be restricted by geography. We could be a global incubator supporting any startup that fits our ethos through technology now. And mm -hmm. it would have been funny to say it out loud, like four weeks ago to go, <laughs> who's gonna do that, right? But now this is the only way moving forward. Well, why can't we be a global incubator from zero? What's stopping me from talking to companies in Paris, from London to India to Africa? Doesn't matter. If you yep. want our way of thinking, our blueprint, our style with North American meets rapid, you know, revenue chase, then here we are. Let's go. Yep. 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 Um yeah, man. I mean, a lot of people are looking into exactly this. Like, what do you? What about even um, looking into like people who are not innovators in the sense of, oh, I'm building a scalable business, right? There's a lot of people who live as freelancers who just create services for you know for for revenue, who are now also hit by this. So yeah. I think a market's opening up for people who to trade skills just for the sake of like of like of of like working of on impact. Sorry. But um, one of the things I'm programs I'm really interested about is this real push for UBI, right? Universal basic income. So if we can get universal basic income, I think this will be an amazing time. Because imagining having a huge population, right? Even if 80% of people do nothing and just chill at home, watch Netflix. If we can empower 20% of people to transfer, to, to have, be empowered and not worry about mortgage, feeding the kids, feeding the families, or you know, where bills are paid for them, and just be angry like, how can I improve things? How can I improve myself? and either learn new skills and apply them, or build companies, or work on projects, boom, we have this marketplace opening up right now of innovation, right? I mean, Canada's biggest export has always been innovation. Right. Whether it be in-house innovation or innovators that go around to other companies and help run them. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm on the fence with that, man, because part yeah. of me is like, you know, if this remote mindset and digital innovation allows us to service any market anywhere in the world, and you're not tied to getting into an office and working in a local market, then why can't you figure out a model that gets you the baseline revenue you need, right? Well, that's what I mean. I think the baseline is going to be just a very little baseline. Yeah. It should be just enough. Like even if it's like $300 a week or $1,000 a month, $2,000 a month, whatever it is, right? That's just enough for you to just live right now, right? You'd be comfortable. You're not going to be worried about starving. You're not worried about getting kicked out. Right, but like it's not enough to like be comfortable to chill. Yeah. So if people who are looking at a mindset of like, okay, I'm getting X amount per month, I'm, I, my time is now freed up. I'm not worrying about day to day survival. How can I? How can I improve the situation? And that's really the benefit of UBI. It's a mindset change. Sure. It's changing that's your the average income of everybody from zero to a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, rather than like if I don't trade my labor right now, I'm not getting anything. Yeah. Right. No, so I think people, it's a great point. you know, people are looking into building infrastructure, building businesses, building scalable things, or building things that will bring them like a residual uh, drip as well. It's like, yeah. so, you know, so uh, UBI came from the fathers of capitalism. It's been around for uh, people have been thinking about it for a few hundred years. Mm. And the real benefit of that is like, how do we get the masses to think about building residual income streams rather than trading direct labor for capital? It's been a big problem for a long time. Think about it. Even that's been new, right? Most people were like farmers raising stuff out of the ground before. Like they were pretty much freelancers. Right. Everyone is independent used to be, right? Only in the last hundred years, people joined these, country, uh, these cities, urbanized, and started working for these factories and these big organizations. But now people are becoming independents again. Yeah, so yeah. if we can create a structure to take advantage of people's creative abilities, what can you create? I believe like the 20-80% rule can apply, right? 20% of the production from the percent of the populace will be so much that it'll cover 80% of the cost. Or 80% yeah. of it. And, and that's kind of the metric behind it is that 
if we can get universal basic income, if people can get a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars coming in, they'll create stuff. You know, they'll be free to create stuff because they're not worried about eating, they're not worried about surviving, but they're worried about you know what. Kind of yeah, no, I, I agree. I think it's it's something that we can definitely experiment. You know, uh, there's always going to be a portion of us where um, it takes very little for us to be comfortable, and then. We just don't innovate. Uh, we all have a friend that's like that, and so yeah. you know your your assumption on the twenty percent really is right. Um, and and again, it's new rules, man. It's new rules. You know, uh, I think a big part of like everything that we take for for comfort and granted is not gone. Poof. You know. Can we can we talk about that? Like, what's like a scary vision? Like something that you'd be like that would, that could never happen in the in the old reality, right? That could potentially come to be. Whether it be changes the way a schooling is done, or how music musicians are found, like from your point of view, right? Like, what's like a a super tr like transformative change in something that could benefit us? Yeah, I, I think for me, the, the the scariest thing is there's a generation of kids today that uh, human contact and emotional contact uh, is something that they're not going to understand. You know. Um, all jokes aside, like it was literally like yesterday. I, I went to kiss my little dude. He's six, and he's like, "Okay." And then he's like, "Wait, Corona." And I was like, "Whoa!" Oh wow! You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so imagine now, like fast forward, how's it gonna impact dating, marriages, like living together? What tests do people have to do before they find each other versus just like meeting each other? Like it's a, it's like relationships, which are core to human existence. Are going to be changing, man. Yeah, it's funny. Um, so one of the one of the these quotes are really getting uh, very popular. It's by uh, I think the health minister of Alberta. Uh, I've got her name, but she said this right. Like uh, to, uh, right now, we need to. Be, oh shit! So what is it called? Now is the time to be together, even though we're far apart. And it comes to the point, right? Like you can be surrounded by neighbors right next door. And yet, be so separate even more than ever. Like yeah. I, I used to joke about this before. Like living in Markham, you don't really know your neighbors. Yeah. Everyone gets into their car and then they drive somewhere. They go to their friend's house. They go to a mall. They go to school, but you don't really see your neighbor that much, or say, then occasional high by, right? You don't yeah. really know your neighbors anymore. So that age-old additive of like knowing your neighbors kind of gone. Yeah. And now more than ever, you now. Are now now being forced not to interact with your neighborhoods, right? Your communities, your direct correlation. Now we're even more virtually connected to multiple people, but not physically, right? In the same geography. So things are changing that kind of aspect, absolutely. But I kind of think about this too, right? Think about like more before human history before 200 years ago, more, when most people were living in villages, tiny villages, just 200 people, 100 people, right? Maybe even like you're far living on a farm with just just you and your family. <laughs> And you never met people before. It's almost like we're reverting to that kind of mindset that even though we live in this urban environment, we're going to be physically separated from each other. Yeah, and and that's that's the unfortunate truth in all this, and we don't know how to predict the impact of that yet. I think it's it's, it's something that we can't comprehend. Just like the, the the generation that my kids are in. They're much more digital than I ever was, and they're comfortable in it. Now, there's a new reality that's going to kick in, and then people like us, and you're not a parent yet, right? Um, oh. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. close a little bit. Uh, you're not a parent yet, I think, right? No, thank yeah. God. <laughs> I could hear that in the background. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> Jeez, man, I'm telling you, like, I have mad respect for teachers. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think you're... you're style of parenting is going to be completely different than anything I've seen or even people in my generation that are just having babies, you know, and so, um, yeah, man, I, I think it's a new world, you know, I think we got to, we got to, we got to go fearlessly uh, into the future knowing we need a new blueprint, um, yeah. no judgment, and mm -hmm. we got to, we got to listen to everybody's opinion, not just the academics and the smart folks. Um, and, and, and really just have this open source mindset and a constant beta mindset. Uh, and then we'll come out of it. We'll come out of it in a new world, just like we always have as humans. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll keep moving on. Like that's the greatest asset that we own, which is our resiliency and our ability to get through shit. No, absolutely. That's pretty good, man. But, uh, 
how like so you, the way you're talking about this you see this as the new normal right yeah and so right like school's done for the rest of the year but do you feel like if we can establish a proper kind of way, way of uh, uh functioning without the physical school will that continue after um so i i i think yes and no in the sense there's still a baseline of education that most people can get by with right but there's still kids with disabilities there's kids with learning issues there's kids with you know poor internet connection where something we're taking for granted is not available for them so there's always going to be these outliers that need more attention and today the attention is drop them off we'll take care of them pick them up at 5 right yep. we'll pick them up at 3 so it's the outliers that i think we need to pay a little more attention to with care and thoughtfulness the majority of the 80% if we can use that number of kids that have you know normal learning capacity can jump online which is what their natural thing is anyways change our curriculums into a bit more of a micro bite size form fit yeah. uh, with parents adapting now to go okay maybe i don't need an office space i can yeah. i can run blue band or ballet group completely virtual into a 100 million dollar company without ever having an office space yeah I just have yeah. to tell myself that's my formula and then go do it. Yep, yeah, absolutely. But for one of the also funny thoughts I was thinking about my wife uh, the other day, right? Cuz we met when we were 17 and I'm like, how are teenagers dating right now? I mean, it's something we question. think about. You know, like it's one thing to go to school, it's one thing to like, you know, find education, it's one thing to like, you know, uh happen stuff to do but how do you date in an environment where you don't meet up with the person yeah, at all yeah. right or very rarely or you know when i talk to my in-laws for example uh or even my mom you know in 1975 when they got married you don't actually know who you got married to yeah everything is covered up until the night of and you're like <laughs> okay nice to meet you so <laughs> so maybe that's the version we're heading to <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, before they get too bad, I got to bounce off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love what you're doing. I think more conversations is fantastic. Uh, you know, and and we're all going to like find a way to, you know, find people that sort of feed us what we need to get to the next day. Um and then, and then, you know, open source, be fearless, yo. That's that's the way to get through it. Absolutely. Platforms like you are allow these conversations to happen. Spur some innovation hopefully and and like start getting in touch with people man like everybody absolutely. watching us should get in touch with you or me or somebody else to be like i have an idea yeah absolutely that's that's the main thing people with ideas get it together and yeah. that's kind of marketplace we're looking to open up and uh thanks uh satish for coming on and talking about all your all your ideas man yeah, i enjoyed the human connection and it's nice to see all the mutual friends that we have coming on so yeah it's uh it's really good man absolutely perfect buddy talk all to right, you soon, take it easy, bro. okay take have care. a good day bye, bye.